Hello, everybody. Welcome to PRI Talk. Um, today on the show, we're going to be talking about the NCAA doing their uh, best impression of Oprah Winfrey. And uh, you get a year of eligibility. You get a year of eligibility. Everybody gets a year of eligibility. So if you follow along with what was happening last week, um, you're aware that the, the NCAA granted um, a year of eligibility to fall sports. Um, and we'll get into some of the specifics here in just a second. Um, but but basically, um, my understanding and a lot of the coaches I talked to, um, th- this season in a lot of ways is a, is a wash for everyone. So everyone from, from the seniors right now that would be graduating um, you know, next May, um, to the freshmen that just showed up in campus, all of those athletes get, get a year, um, extension. So that's kind of the, the, the basics of, of what happened. And there's some, some caveats there and things I will talk about, but, um, but it looks like as we, as we get closer and closer to the fall season, um, actually starting, um, the, the hope of actually having volleyball this fall, uh, decreases. Um, I think just in the last two days, um, Conference USA and the AAC, the American Athletic Conference, have both um, postponed the fall volleyball season and pushed that to the spring. And so, what, what we're seeing a lot of um, right now with with the the FBS schools and the FBS conferences is they are um, pushing everything back to the spring except for football. So they're still planning on having a football season um, this fall, but they are not um, going to be doing in other sports. Um, and I think there's a, a few um, things there, like some of some of the individual sports. I I still think some of the conferences are still allowing some competition for this fall, but uh, we're here to talk about volleyball, so we'll talk about volleyball. The biggest downside to this year of eligibility thing. Um, I guess in my mind is it, it seems to be a cry for the supposed spring season that volleyball and other fall sports are, are supposed to have. Um, and saying that's probably not going to happen. At least, at least that's how I, you know, sort of interpret it is, you know, we're granting um, a year of eligibility for all these athletes. And it's like, well, we haven't canceled um, anything. In fact, NCAA turned around and said, you know, we're going to have a spring championship for these fall sports. And that's what we're doing. Um, but we're giving everyone a year of eligibility back. And, and it really, to me, it points to just the, the lack of, um, or, or it can, you know, point to the lack of faith that, that, that we're actually going to have a spring season. Um, and it's just unfortunate that that's kind of a, a piece of the message that that's getting sent to athletes and coaches, um, is that, that, that we're planning on not having a full season of anything. And that's, and that's hard. Um, and, and so if you, if you listened or, or, or heard me talk about this, um, you know, you know, I'm not the biggest supporter of, of the, the extra year of eligibility. I said this in the spring, um, I felt like, uh, that the NCAA was making the easy decision versus the right decision. And, and I get that I'm the, the bad guy for that and, and all that. And it's fine. I can, I can take it. Um, and it's not that I'm hundred percent against the idea of, of athletes being able to play another year. Um, it's just that it, it, in, in my perspective, it's an opportunity for the NCAA to, to make an easy decision and everyone goes, Oh yeah, they did the right thing. And then they get to step back into the shadow and, and, and continue to be insanely passive about everything else that is going on. Um, I mean, through all this pandemic, the NCAA has, um, you know, been very, very good about not making decisions. 
um, that, that are going to affect a lot of people instead of being the, the organization that should be stepping out and, and making a statement and making decisions for, for what's going forward. And whether everyone agrees with that or not, you know, that that's fine. But this is I mean, NCAA college athletics is their deal. Um, they should be the ones that are that are stepping out and making the, the hard decisions about about what to do as opposed to leaving that up to everyone else. Um, and it kind of shows just their 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 passivity and their and their lack of power really in a lot of ways. Um, and again, you, you know, just we're having how many how many conferences are having football seasons? Um, you know, those conferences are the ones that have the real power. So, but but the NCAA gets to gets to make an, an easy decision and then and then go back to the shadows. Meanwhile, coaches and administrations are left with the the the, the issue of figuring out um, all all of this as far as scholarships and money and and a- athletes and roster sizes and, and all the crappy conversations that they're going to have to have uh, um, with, with, with their athletes moving forward. And, and we'll dive into that here in a second. Um, but, but again, since I, since I listen to other people and have conversations, um, you know, th- there is some positive, um, to, to granting the, the year of eligibility, right? Not, not just that, that they, you know, deserve it. Um, but, but, but for an athlete, you know, if they're close to maybe breaking a school record um, for for the school for for a kill leader or assist leader or a dig leader or something like that, and you know, if they would if they would have had a full season their senior year, they would have had the opportunity to do that. Um, and uh, you know, if they play a, a half season um, this year, you know, they obviously won't be able to do that. But this gives them an opportunity to turn around in next year, get a full season, and and, and you know, accomplish. Um, a, a really impressive milestone and a really great, great thing for their school. And so, so I think, I think there's definitely some, some benefits to it. Um, you know, these athletes get to break, you know, play another year, break a record. And I think that that's really neat. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, so again, there, there can be some positives, um, but again, I, I, I think the NCAA, um, you know, making a, making a blanket decision, um, that, that affects a lot of, a lot of people. And, uh, and again, it's an easy decision for them to make. So let's break down, um, some of the, the pieces of this, um, all this eligibility stuff, um, as best as I can, as best as I know, um, as things change or as we learn more about how all this is going to work, um, I will definitely keep you guys updated and, and definitely check out my website, PRIvolleyball.com for um, information on my blog or my Facebook page or Instagram for, for all those updates. Um, but first, the the financial aid slide. And I don't know, I thought this was the NCAA that put it together, but it apparently it was, excuse me, apparently it was the JVRA um, that put these slides together. So I don't know if they're coming directly from the NCAA or if um, the JVRA is just really good with PowerPoint um, and made these slides. But 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 here we go. Here's the fi- financial aid slide. The financial aid of, of fall sports senior student athletes who take advantage of the additional year of eligibility and extend um, an extended clock will not count against team limits in 21 and 22. Okay, so what that means, as far as scholarships go, the NCAA um, is 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 only going to make an exception with the scholarship um, counting head counter equivalency for next season. Right um, after that, schools won't get any sort of waiver. Which, which means this really affects the 2022 class game. We'll get into how this has impacted recruiting and how it's going to impact recruiting and how it already has and all that here in a second. Um, but, but basically, if, if in, in volleyball, 
because um, it's a head counter sport. You can only have 12 athletes on scholarship. Well, next year, you, you already have some 2021 athletes that, I mean, they haven't signed their NLIs yet. So there, so there is that piece to it. Um, but if you had three seniors that were going to graduate and you had um, three incoming kids, well, everyone, the seniors get an extra year of eligibility. Um, but, you know, you can only have 12 athletes on scholarship. So who do you take the scholarship away from? Um, and, and, and next year, they don't, they don't have to say, okay, so the NCAA is going to allow those seniors that are, that are on scholarship, potentially on scholarship, to not count against the head counter or, to, to, or they won't count against the equivalency. Okay, so um, in a sense, you could have those three seniors play again and, and the three incoming freshmen. You could have 15 athletes on scholarship and it wouldn't count against you. Um, and, and so that looks a little bit different for the equivalency sports. Um, but, but the same kind of logic is applied to where those seniors, if they, um, do decide to use the waiver that, that scholarship money given to them doesn't count against, um, their, their head counter or their equivalency, which is, which is good. Okay. Um, but again, that's only for the 2021 class. Okay. So remember the next year, those, all those athletes still have an extra year of eligibility. So you have, you could have back-to-back super senior classes, um, where now, if, if you were recruiting kids in 2022, um, you know, you, you can't go over the scholarship amount. Um, and so that is going to create some issues, and we'll get into that here in a second. Okay, eligibility. Um, all fall sports student-athletes will receive both an additional year of eligibility and an additional year in which to compete. Student-athletes who do not enroll full-time during the 2020 fall term have flexibility in the progress towards degree requirements that must be met for eligibility in future terms. Okay. And so, so the reason, um, you know, receive both an additional year of eligibility and additional year to compete in it, it, it kind of sounds the same. Um, in a lot of ways, they are. The, the semantic difference is, is, is sort of, you know, when, you're, when your clock starts and stops and, and how many years you can play and how many years you're eligible to play. Um, so, those are, so those are different things. Um, and yet, like I said, you have so many years of eligibility and a limit on how many years you can, you can actually compete. And so, again... Um, this, this whole, this whole thing is, is waiving this season for, for fall sports. Um, progress, the progress towards degree piece is a huge issue at the division one level. Um, and, and so what, what I think this does without getting too much into it is it basically gives athletes a little bit of breathing room and it gives them a little bit more time to complete, um, those, those, uh, progress towards degree requirements. If, if maybe they weren't, um, you know, weren't enrolled full time at a school because of COVID or issues with online classes or all that kind of stuff. I, I'm, I'm assuming there's could be a bunch of academic issues um, with all this going on. And so I think if athletes run into some of those issues, um, you know, this gives them a little bit of breathing room and a little bit of, of, of the grace period to kind of figure that out. Um, so so that's that's the, the eligibility piece of it. Um, the, this notification slide, schools are required to review current insurance coverage for all student-athletes who are competing this fall, inform student-athletes about the risk of clarification of their sport as outlined in the resocialization of collegiate sport document, inform student-athletes how the mandates in the uh, resocialization of collegiate sport document are being met at their campus. Okay, so this is, you know, the NCAA requiring for schools to make sure that their athletes are given the information that they need to have about COVID and how their school is combating it and, and, and fighting all that. So um, that, that's fairly self-explanatory and fairly normal. 
Um, there's a lot of, you know, Title IX stuff that, that has to happen um, as far as communicating to athletes. And there's some other things, too. You know, we sat down as an as a entire athletic department, all the athletes, all the staff, everyone was required to be there. Um, and they kind of go over some of those um, some of those things and issues. So this this is just kind of another one of those one of those things. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you have found this podcast interesting, helpful, or beneficial, or you're just a huge fan of myself, then please think about donating to the PRI Talk podcast. I would love to continue bringing you recruiting advice as well as information on current volleyball events, and your support can definitely help make that happen. The, the big question here is how will this affect recruiting? Okay, and, and I've already had several parents call and ask me, um, and, and you know, I wasn't always quite sure at the beginning and, and now I've got a, a fairly good idea of how this is going to impact recruiting and I've touched on it a little bit but we'll, we'll dive into it here. Um, so how is this going to impact recruiting? This is going to have an impact um, and probably actually already has had an impact in recruiting um, really just this week. Um, so we'll just do one example of, of a what if potential um, situation and as how and how this could affect recruiting um and 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 again there's a lot more of these um that could play out here as we get moving um but but let's say that that you're in a program that recruits a setter every three to four years because you want to bring in a top tier setter um in the country and, and bring in athletes because they essentially get um get to or or plan on starting for all four years maybe three so so you're bringing in a, a stud freshman um, with the idea that they get to start as a freshman, maybe they start as a sophomore, they get three years to run the program. And that's how you're able to, to pull in top tier setters. Cause you don't have, um, I say you don't have competition, but at the same time you're, you're bringing in studs with the idea of they get to run the program. Okay. So, well, now your outgoing senior gets a super senior season. Um, and your incoming freshman is, is riding the bench again, potentially, um, which some athletes are are going to be okay with, but some might not be. Um, so now that setter wants out or doesn't want to sign in November because they want um, uh, because they want to go into what they per- they don't want to go into what they perceive as a or they want to go into what they perceive as a better situation for them. Okay, totally plausible um, that that your incoming freshman setter, if if that super senior decides to stay another year and that incoming freshman is like, well, I want to start as a freshman. That's one of my big things. That's one of the big reasons why I picked this school and, and why I didn't choose this other school. Maybe they, maybe they bail. Um, or, or, um, you know, the, the other situation is, Hey, maybe the school was looking or, or wasn't looking for a setter in a specific class, but because everything has really shifted an entire year, now they're looking. Okay. So now, now a, a potential spot, a slot opened up. Um, for athletes. So, so that, that's just kind of the, the basic situation um, again, that could happen and, and why this is an impact um, why it is going to impact recruiting. I talked to several coaches on Monday this week um, and some coaches have told me they, they not only paused recruiting um, but actually um, pulled offers. Um, so, so, you know, pausing the recruiting process for the 2022 class um, because this, it's going to take time to hash out and figure out whether or not coaches 
um, you know, whether or not athletes are going to stay for another year, you know, when, when are athletes going to figure that out if they want to play a, a fifth year? Um, and so coaches are, coaches are, are just pausing the recruiting on the 22 class. And, and, and when I say pause, I don't mean they're, they're not talking to kids anymore. I mean, they're not moving forward with, with the recruiting process. Okay. So we're not talking about visits and we can't do visits anyway, uh, at least at division one. Um, but you know, we're, we're not talking about taking the next step in the recruiting process because we, we, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what things are going to look like. You know, we, we, you're in a situation where you could potentially have, um, you know, a, a bigger roster, um, than, than you really want. And, 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 um, if, if a kid decides to stay and then you're not, you know, prepared for that, what does that look like? Um, and, and it, it kind of gets a little bit messy. So, um, other coaches I know pulled offers, they just pulled offers off the table. They said, Hey, we don't know what this is going to look like. And, and so it, it's crazy to think that, you know, here we are in this situation and, and coaches have made offers and, and again, potentially kids have made visits and, um, but, um, and, and coaches have pulled the offers because of this. So that, that's kind of the impact this is going to, that this is going to have is, is it's, it's coaches recognizing, Hey, we need to figure this out. We can't have these kids commit to us and then and then, you know, not be able to toe up to that scholarship um, agreement, um, you know, down the road. We need to figure this out first. And so and so that's kind of the crazy thing is, is coaches are pulling offers. So so it so it did happen. Right. It's crazy to think that that scholarships got pulled. But it did happen. And, and it might happen as, as we move along um, based on conversations that coaches have with athletes. I mean, if you're in a situation and you have a kid that wants to stay another year and you're willing to give them, um, a scholarship, um, for that extra year, then, then that misses out on, on a 22 kid. And, and again, this is my issue with adding the year of eligibility, um, because it just creates these situations where, where coaches are left, you know, choosing between kids who, you know, who's going to be on scholarship. Um, and, and who isn't, and those are, those are awful conversations to have. Um, and, and I think, you know, there's, there's some, some situations where, you know, a coach may be coming into a brand new program, you know, those coaches might be saying from the onset, Hey, look, we're not going to put you on a scholarship for another year. We've got these freshmen coming in. Um, you know, we just got here and, and blah, blah, blah. And obviously that, you know, it might look bad on those coaches and, and maybe it doesn't, but, um, coaches are going to do what's best for their program. I, I can guarantee you that that's, um, you know, what they're going to do. Um, they're going to do what's best for the program and, and they're going to try to do the best thing for the athlete. Um, but you know, when it comes to it, they're going to, they're going to do what's best for their program. And if they have a, uh, an incoming freshman that they feel like that can get, they can get, that's going to be better than their upperclassmen, then they're, they're not going to give a scholarship for that, that, um, you know, super senior that year. And, and I even had, you know, several other coaches say, Hey, if you want to play another year, then great. You can be on the team, walk on for a semester. Cause that's what, with a fall sport, that's all we're talking about, right? You can graduate in December, walk on, pay, pay your uh, tuition and stuff for, for a, for a full load in, um, in the fall and then be done. And, and that's, you know, for, for some kids, that's definitely doable for other kids. It's not going to be, um, but, um, but these are kind of the situations that, that coaches are left with dealing with, um, when it comes to, um, all this extra year of eligibility. So, um, and let's not forget about the budgets, right? Uh, and I said this a couple weeks ago, we've got, we've got smaller budgets, fewer scholarships, less travel, less recruiting. Okay. 
Um, you know, for, for a division two school that's dealing with an equivalency, um, you know, they're not going to be able to just increase their scholarship budget um, to make, to make room for all these, all these commitments that they're, that they're, that they've had. And, and these, these athletes that maybe want to stay another year on, um, on scholarship. So I think, you know, we, we could potentially see, um, a lot of reworking of scholarship offers, um, down the road based on how budgets pan out and things like that. And especially since these 21, um, commitments haven't signed their NLIs, um, you know, we're, we're still in that situation where, um, you know, hopefully coaches are going to get their budgets back up to where they, where they usually are as far as scholarship goes. But, but again, that's still kind of a question. Um, okay. So, uh, I'm, I'm saying all this and I'm saying that, that coaches are pulling offers and coaches are putting a pause on, um, recruiting, especially in the 22 class. Um, but, uh, but, but Jason, I saw there were like 12 kids just in Texas that committed last week. Um, and I talked about this in my blog post. And if you didn't go read that, definitely go read that, privolleyball.com. You can click on blog. Um, it should be the, the, the newest story up there, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, but, but I talked about it on Monday. You can go check that out and read it if you haven't already. Um, and, and here's a connection that, that I didn't talk about in the blog because I didn't think it was, it was too relevant. And I knew it was talking about this topic um, today. So what what you have is a situation where again potentially i don't i don't have i didn't call these coaches and ask them if this is what happened um but you had something that was coming down the pipe that coaches knew about hey extra year of eligibility going to be granted um waiver for seniors but but not you know this year's juniors they don't get a waiver as far as as far as the scholarships counting against you so if i'm a college coach and i've got a scholarship out there and I've got an offer out there and I see this coming down the pipe, you know, I, it makes sense to me for those college coaches to say, I need to know by the end of the week. Otherwise I'm not going to be able to guarantee that you've got a scholarship. If, if you tell me yes now, then, then, you know, we can lock you in and, and figure this out um, as we need to down the road. So after we have these conversations with our kids, with our athletes and figure out, you know, what, what we're doing moving forward, um, we might not be able to commit to that scholarship. So, so would, would love to lock you in now and make that commitment. So, so I think that's, that's totally plausible. Again, I don't have any proof that that's what happened. I'm just trying to logically connect some dots as to why so many kids committed at the end of last week. Um, at the same time, all this, this legislation, new legislation or rules, whatever waivers was coming through. Um, and, and, and again, I've got some coaches that are pulling scholarship offers and kids are still committing. So, so there, there had to have been something, um, kind of going on, um, there. And, and, and let me, let me stop on big picture real quick. And let's talk about the 2021 class because the 2021 class is still going to get impacted by this, right? So while, while it not, it might not count against, um, you know, against the scholarship cap, so to speak. Um, but, but there is a roster size issue, right? And, and, um, I have uh, several coaches have said, you know, just redshirt the entire class kind of, kind of thing, but, um, <clears throat> and I wouldn't think that that would necessarily work that simply. Um, but, but with the 2021 class, if you're not committed, you know, you're potentially walking into a situation where you're, you're an extra, um, if, 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 if I'm a coach and I don't need a, a specific position or a specific slot filled, and I've got these seniors that are coming, going to play another year, another fall. Um, 
you know, then I don't need anyone else in 21. And if I'm in a program that's already had, it's already got 15, 16 kids and I maybe have some other incoming freshmen and now I'm, you know, keeping all of my seniors. Well, I just went, you know, from a roster of, of 15, 16 to a roster of 19 or 20 um, because of all, all the athletes that are, that are staying another year. Um, and, and so, I mean, and, and, and my budget's getting cut. So I have more athletes to, to pay for and, and, a, and a smaller budget to do all in. So um, it, it, while this definitely affects the 2022s and how these offers are going to come out and how this is all going to work down the road, um, it definitely affects um, the, the 21 kids that aren't committed. Um, the, if, if you want to play college volleyball, you know, you've got to find a school that, that really, really needs your, your position um, in order you know, at this point. And, and again, I think I said this last week, what, what's weird about all this recruiting stuff right now, or one of the things that's weird about all this recruiting stuff right now is um, I, would, I would normally start getting emails from schools now. Um, saying, hey, we need an unsigned senior or we need a transfer or whatever, because this kid's not going to cut it or this kid quit or whatever. And and, and we're not having we're not going to have those conversations till March of next year. Um, and so there's just a lot of, you know, again, impacting the 22 class for sure. But there's just a lot kind of left up in the air right now for for those athletes that are still looking in the 21 class. Now, there are schools that 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 are looking for spots in the 21 class um, for, for various reasons. Um, and so getting back to the big picture, th this isn't going to affect every program in every school and every athlete. Okay. So, so maybe one in three athletes decides to stay for an extra year. Um, and there's some reasons for that, right? Athletes graduate, they want to move on with life. Um, maybe they already got plans to get married and they want to come back to, they don't want to come back to play volleyball. They get married, get a job. Um, you know, there's a lot of college students that have those things lined up, you know, within a, within a year. Of, of leaving or maybe not quite a year, but pretty close, but they don't want to play for another year. Um, and, and I coached, I mean, I coached several athletes that recruited them as, as, you know, sophomores and juniors in high school and they never got hurt. They were always healthy. I, I mean, I'll tell you what, by the time those girls are, are, are seniors and sometimes even their junior year, like their bodies are broken down and they're doing fire cups every day and they're doing the massages before and after, and they've got six, you know, packets of ice on their, on their body, just cause they're, they're, they're tired and sore and hurt. And, and so their bodies break down and, and there's a lot of athletes that, that just wouldn't be able to do a fifth year, um, physically. So, so again, it's not going to be every school, um, every program, every athlete that decides to stay another year, it's definitely going to be a case by case basis. Um, uh, and so it's, 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 it isn't going to be something where we see every athlete in every program that wants to stay for another year. Um, it, is it going to have an impact on, on, on a lot of different um, athletes and a lot of different programs? Yes. hundred percent in several different classes. Like I said, the 21 and the 22 class. Um, most of all, I think by the time we get to the 2023 class, um, Again, granted, uh, things get sort of back to normal, hopefully. Um, I think once we get to the 2023 class, coaches will have a little bit better idea of what all that looks like. Um, but but for, for some of these 2022 athletes, you know, we're, we're looking a year down the road. Um, again, potentially before we kind of have some of this figured out. Um, and so uh, there, there's just there's a lot of variables up there. 
Um, this eligibility stuff definitely throws a few more kinks in it um, and is definitely going to have an impact. So, so hopefully that is all um, accurate and acceptable information and hopefully that's helpful. Hopefully it saves you from, from making a phone call and, and, and that kind of thing. But I will definitely um, you know, try to keep you guys updated on this because, again, it is going to have an impact on recruiting um, as we go through it. Um, but uh, any other questions on that? And you guys definitely check out my blog. I'll definitely do updates there and I'll do updates here. Um, but, um, yeah, please check out my website, privolleyball.com. Check out my blog. Go read some of those. Um, hopefully those will answer some of your questions that you have about recruiting process as a whole. And, um, and that'll be helpful. So thanks. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you would like more tips, updates, or recruiting assistance, go to my website, privolleyball.com. Check out my blog or reach out to me directly if you have any other questions. You can also find me on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at Parallel Recruiting Initiative. If you need specific recruiting help, I have a couple different ways I can help you. Please reach out to me on my website or social media. Thanks for listening.